Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. I am Larry. And I am Justin. Uh... Justin, it's been a week for me, man. I am like mentally burnt out. I know. I can how, tell how are you doing? The wedding's coming up, right? Uh yeah, we don't I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one place I don't have to talk about it, so I'm not talking about it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. We won't have to talk about it then. Uh so this week we are in reviewing Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes. Um it is the remake of the fifties movie. We're kind of moving forward in our alien horror now, timeline wise. Yeah. Um, had you seen it before? No, I mean, I think everybody is aware of the ending of this movie. Yeah. But, uh, no, this is like a first full watch for me. I had seen it, I think, twice before this. Once was a kid with my grandpa. He was, like, obviously into these, like, really into the sci-fi, even more so than the horror. Yeah. And I remember this one was like, kind of over my head, except for, like, the pod people are coming okay. out of the planets. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was definitely creepy. Um... And the second time was like years later, and I got a lot more of the social commentary. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. I know from talking in the Zombie Girls Discord that they have not liked our treatment of uh, some old classic horror films. You mean The Blob? <laughs> the Blob, them. They thought we weren't very nice to them. I really liked them. It was really just like the ant noise was horrible, and I don't think it was yeah. like very scary. Yeah, and it's, it's something we talked about because of the way we set up our scores. We've never changed our scoring criteria. Like, yeah. if you tank one of those sections, you're in trouble. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like Just, just straight up. Yeah, I'm, it's crazy, though, because I... I happened to see some of that talk, and I, I even mentioned in there, like, I have watched them since we have watched it on the, for, yeah. like, for the show. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's a decent movie. Yeah, Maybe it, it not is. the scariest, but it's a decent movie. It is, agreed, especially when put up against the blob, which I will never watch again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, so you don't want to talk about the wedding stuff? Yeah. Totally cool. Why don't you tell us then what you've been playing, what you've been watching, what else is going on in your life up there in Canada? Uh, so I obviously watched this. I watched another movie that we're going to pre-record here in a minute. Well, not in a minute, but after this. Um, excited because tonight is also the series finale of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so looking forward to that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um that's really it watching wise game wise kind of been plugging away a little bit at uh final fantasy 14 not too much uh i only played it for like an hour maybe this week uh started playing stardew valley again i love that game uh started playing death loop which is amazing and probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite games this year cool and uh i also today uh played about an hour of dead space 2 Uh, but that's about it for me. Larry, what about you? What have you been watching? What have you been... Oh, I, I mean, I'm sure you've been playing a ton of games. Oh, and... <laughs> my God. Okay, so everybody knows last week I was talking about I went to the rock concert. Yep. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, Mudvayne was great. All the bands we saw were great. Uh, I was happy that we were able to actually keep some social distance. We didn't yep. go into the pit or anything ever. And we kind of sat up against this guardrail, so there was never anyone in front of us. So we were always like kind of away, which was nice. But after three days, I'm fucking. I was I was so tired. I was so tired. Um, You're getting old. 
getting old. I don't I don't know if I'll ever have because there was no seating. It was like standing only, like pretty yeah. much everywhere. And that just got tiring so fast. Uh but yeah. And then I came back at my first accounting exam yesterday. I was very stressed about it. When I was in college, after I left West Point, I was definitely more of a partier than a studier. <laughs> yeah. And it was important to me that that did not repeat. Um, and I, I, I did well on my first test. Well, that's good. I was Congratulations. I very, very happy. I, I told you, but yeah, I'm yeah. very happy with how I did. Um, but then I had homework due right away again. So <laughs> I think I did about... I Obviously, I'm back at work now. I think I did four and a half hours worth of notes after work did the homework the time that was due tonight and i sat down to record these so when it comes to games i think i logged in the destiny literally just to log in and continue the story missions like things that have to get done this week that can't be done like like on like a cycle or whatever so like yeah. less than an hour's worth of play time i have not started dead space 2 my plan is to play that tomorrow <laughs> because i i have to get it started we're reviewing it next week right yeah yeah good good jesus um i have not played any more of let's go pikachu even though i'm trying to get the first three generations beat before gen 4 remake comes out <laughs> that will happen i have not made myself available to do alien and fire team with you and rachel which is ridiculous uh the thing we sent rachel is in delay god knows when it will get there the, the, the status update only continues to get worse and worse from fedex which is just fantastic uh tv show and movie wise literally the two things you're reviewing tonight and that's it yeah i uh... <laughs> i then tonight like i literally got my homework done got ready to go cook dinner saw that the chicken was just not right and i was like damn we can't eat this so we had to drive and go get um we went, we went and got like a burrito yeah and i was just it's just I, all i can think about right now is getting a shower and going to bed <laughs> well it's okay i don't think we'll be uh too long here Oh no. Oh no. Uh, oh no. Uh, okay. So then I guess roadmap stuff. Um, we are continuing on aliens. Obviously we're working on some things. We have body snatchers. Then we have uh, dead space Two, the thing and night of the creeps. The show is going to go on a live hiatus for like two ish weeks. Um, We'll have episodes coming out, but that will oh, be when yeah. Justin is off celebrating his wedding, and we wish him the best. Oh, thank you. I get 11 days off work, and that's the most exciting part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, besides all that, that's kind of all of the, I guess, background for the show, like show notes, leaves me the cover, corrections. <gasps> Excuse me, I think during those two weeks when Justin is on his hiatus, my plan is to uh, send out a message to the patrons to submit their crappy alien movie to okay. start working on what that might be. Um, that's not a whole lot of work on my end. I can do that while Justin's gone. But yeah, we have a lot of really, really fun stuff coming up, and I'm a little bit nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh justin why don't you go ahead and play some music and let's talk about invasion of the body snatchers
So, Invasion Body Snatchers. I'll call it Invasion from now on to save some of my yeah, tongue space. Yeah. Uh, this is a 1978 sci-fi horror film directed by Philip Kaufman. Uh, Kaufman is considered to be one of America's greatest maverick and iconoclast directors. Other films in his repertoire are The Unbearable Lightness of Being, Rising Sun, Henry in June, and The Right Stuff, which had eight Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture. Wow. Have you ever seen any of those movies before? No. Okay. The film stars Donald Sutherland, Leonard Nimoy, Jeff Goldblum, Brooke Adams, and Veronica Cartwright. So Sutherland is a super recognizable actor and considered by many to be the greatest actor to have never received an Academy Award nomination. Oh, really? He's never even gotten... Yeah, crazy, right? That is kind of actually wild because, I mean, even I, somebody who knows nothing like can never remember people's names like i know donald sutherland (laughs) yeah uh movies that he's been in in case you don't know who he is just off the name dirty dozen don't look now animal house outbreak a time to kill and he was in the hunger game franchise buffy the vampire Uh, slayer what he's in buffy the vampire slayer was he yeah the tv show uh no the movie the 1992 movie I've, i've never actually seen the movie Oh man, you should be, you should actually watch the movie. It's actually okay. good. <laughs> uh, his son Kiefer uh, will always be this podcast's in a, this podcast opinion the coolest vampire ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we have Leonard Nimoy. Uh, the reason why he was cast is because Kaufman and him wanted to try to help him break out of being typecast. Because when you see Leonard Nimoy or hear Leonard Nimoy, the first thing you think of Spock from Star Trek. Um, But I actually forgot he was in Three Men and a Baby. I don't know that movie. It's about three dudes who find a baby and decide to raise it. I figured. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) Jeff Goldblum is one of my most favorite actors ever. He's been in classic films such as Jurassic Park, Lost World, The Fly, Thor Ragnarok, Independence Day, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. Totally forgot he was in this movie until he popped up. Yeah, he's uh, really young. Is this one of his first roles? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He was okay. very young in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we have Brooke Adams. She is well known for her roles in The Dead Zone and Days of Heaven. And fun fact, she's married to Tony Shalhoub, a.k.a. Okay. Monk. Yeah. A.k.a. Uh, I believe, is that? I'm trying to remember. The Dad of 13 one... Ghosts? 13 Ghosts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Uh, Veronica Cartwright has been on this podcast before. Actually, two movies. Do you remember, Justin? Do not Google. Do not Google. Do not cheat. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Close the internet. All right. Uh, she was no, on I it when not. she was a child for her role in The Birds. Okay. And then she Which was one? on it oh, again yeah. in Alien. Oh, interesting. Okay. Who was she in Alien? Uh, the girl who gets the black guy killed. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I remember didn't, I didn't the character's name. I've only seen that like two times now in my entire life, yeah. so I don't remember character's <laughs> name. I know Ripley, and I know Jonesy. Yeah. Uh, but Cartwright has also been in a lot of other great films, such as The Right Stuff, which is of Eastwick, and she was also in The X-Files. Which is of Eastwick, man? That's a movie I have not thought about in a long time. <laughs> so let's get some stuff out of the way. This film okay. is a remake of the 1956 film of the same name, and based on the 1955 novel, The Body Snatchers, by Jack Finney, which in my opinion, and many others' opinion, is literally just a retelling of Puppet Masters by Heinlein, which we already reviewed in the podcast this season. Yeah. Watching this, did you get that vibe? 
more so than the other alien stories we had gotten so far. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I still would really like like a true like movie version of You don't want the misogyny shoved in your face? Well, I just meant more the idea of like the oh, Titans. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I guess. Uh, um something that I know that Devin noticed when we were watching this and you brought it to my attention, and I'm sure you did too cuz it's something you pick up on is how loud the city is at the beginning of the film. Yes. Yes. Okay. I knew it. I knew it. I knew as soon as Devin said it, I was like, Justin's going to talk about this. Well, like one of the things we, we hear like singers and conversations and like noises of the city and like the, like the banjo playing, all that stuff. Right. And we also have this kind of industrial hum that's there too. Right. It's like all the sounds of a city kind of shoved in your face, turned up. Um, by the end of the movie, I'm sure you recognize that really all we hear is that industrial noise. Oh, yeah, I'm assuming it was, like, signifying the life dying into the city. Yes, and that was all done on purpose by Brett Burt, who was the sound engineer on this. And he is very famous because he was the one who's credited to making all the sound effect noises for Star Wars. Interesting. He makes the, like the lightsaber noises okay. and the, yep, all that goes to him. And that movie came out the year before this. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All the special effects were done live for the camera. The opening shot, uh, which I thought was really cool, was done by dumping a very cheap, viscous fluid they got at a dollar store into a tank, and then they reversed the footage. I will say so that it was rising I up. Did find they just like dumped a, it, and then yeah, I did find that very interesting. Like the the, yeah. the beginning, it, it it almost looked like it was like overlaid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just it was a nice change to what we've seen so far. There are a couple cameo appearances in this movie. One is from Kevin McCarthy, who played Dr. Miles Bennell in the original Invasion. Uh, he makes a brief appearance as the old man frantically screaming, they're coming to passing cars on the street, which is kind of like a callback to what his character does in the first movie. The original film's director, Don Siegel, appears as a taxi driver who alerts the police to Matthew and Elizabeth's attempt to flee the city. Obviously, saw him. Robert Duvall who was also uh, in the original movie, was seen briefly as a silent priest sitting on a swing set in the opening scene. Okay. Oh, the fucking the super squeaky swing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, McCarthy and Siegel uh, played a role in shaping the film's twist ending before filming. Kaufman had sought out Siegel for advice. And while the two were talking in the latter's office, McCarthy happened to come in. The topic eventually came around to the original film's ending, which they regarded as pale. After coming up with the ending he used, he kept it a secret from everyone involved with filming except for the screenwriter. Sutherland was only informed of the scene the night before shooting. Kaufman is not even sure if Cartwright knew until Sutherland turned around to shriek at her. So what was the the, the ending of the original movie then? It's been a very long time since I saw it, but I think it's a lot more happy. Okay. Okay. Uh, the okay. studio executives did not know about the twist ending until they saw a cut of it at George Lucas's house. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I, I will uh, have uh, 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 big words for the ending of this movie. <laughs> okay. The banjo playing was done by Jerry Garcia. Does that sound familiar to you? I, okay. No, I, you know I, I deadhead. Uh, he's a member of the Grateful Dead. Okay. I know who uh, the grateful that is. I just I don't listen to them. I'm sorry. <laughs> the film was parodied in a 2012 SpongeBob SquarePants episode called "Planet of the Jellyfish," featuring the characters of Bikini Bottom being replaced by alien clones in their sleep. A brief scene involving SpongeBob's pet snail Gary 
having his clone hybridized with a household plant as a direct reference to the film's dog hybrid. Interesting. I'm going to have to search that out. Okay. Uh, it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is considered by many to be not only the greatest remake ever made, but also the greatest science fiction film of all time. Shot on a budget of $3.5 million, it grossed over $24.9 million at the box office. Damn. Oh boy, people are not going to like me. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I've, I've been kind of preparing myself all week for that eventuality. But, I mean, you got to have your own opinion. So yeah. I am ready to do the success summary. Okay. It's been a while. Please forgive me, people. It has been one hell of a week, but I am going to give it 110%. All right. Well, uh, if you're ready, I'll give you a three, two, one. Perfect. Okay. Three. Two, one, go. Film starts off with a bunch of little goon creatures uh, rising up above the sky, going down to earth, and raining down into clouds onto the plants. These flowers come up, and that's when we get our main character, Elizabeth. She brings one of the flowers home, sits next to her boyfriend, Jeffrey, and the thing replaces Jeffrey in the middle of the night. She, her, her work partner, uh, Dr. Bennell, um, and her work for the health department, and they're kind of working out. And then Brooke, sorry, Elizabeth starts to really realize that her boyfriend is not right. She goes, and he, uh, Matthew and Elizabeth go talk to Jack and his wife, and they come across Dr. Kidner, who's played by Leonard Nimoy, and, like, Kidner is kind of laying it, like, saying it's not really happening, and basically what happens is the four of them realize that the pods, these flower pods are replacing people, and they're trying to survive, and they slowly get picked off one by one. Um, the two, uh, Matthew and Elizabeth, escape, and Elizabeth breaks her ankle, falls asleep, and gets replaced by a pod person who's all in Matthew's arms. Matthew is wandering the city after burning down a plant, and he comes across Veronica Carter's character, where he turns around and screeches at her, showing that he's been changed. All right. Rough. That was rough. It's been a while. That was rough. I apologize. That's okay. I, I, these last few weeks, I haven't been cutting you off. I've just been letting you go until you're done <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to get better. But, yeah. So that's the basic plot. Yes. A very straightforward invasion plot with a very dark, grim ending. I'm going to tell you that I like this movie. And I'm going to just get vibes that maybe you do not. I do like this movie. I don't okay. think it's amazing. But I do like this movie. Okay. So why don't you give me some of your pros that you have for plot? Okay. I mean, I, I so, I mean, I'm going to straight start. Just very simply, I, I think that this is a, like you mentioned, it's a very simple invasion plot. But I think it's, there is a lot of downtime in this movie. But I think all of it is important. It's all slow. Like, it's it's a very, like, slow burn character growth movie. Like, you're, you're kind of... You look like you're going to say something. <laughs> well, no, like I was going to say, and you're, and you're totally right. And I think that that is super important. Because the way we realize people have been replaced in this is similar to when the faculty did it. When it was paying homage to these old movies, right? It's where they're devoid of emotion. Yeah, and I think whereas, like, the blob was when there wasn't, like, action or anything happening, it was very dull and slow. I think that this managed to kind of equal that out. And, yes, it was it was slow, but there was a lot of, like, interesting character developments. And, I mean, that's how you basically – everybody's kind of given off these, like, skeevy vibes. And, and I, while I don't think that they – that it's very hard to figure out who is – changed i think they do a good job of like 
showing that the actors on screen don't know. Like, for example, the first time we see Leonard Nimoy. Um, I, I, I assume that he's changed right from the get-go because he's kind of playing everything down and like, oh, yes, go to your husband. He's fine. Nothing's wrong with him. And so we, I, I, me personally, I knew that he was taken over already. Did you think but he was he, already taken over? Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Cause I mean, see, I don't, I, I didn't think he was. Oh, see, see, I, I only did because I think it's like two days later in movie that he like gets in the car with the guys and he's like, Oh, we should have done it. It's a, or what do you say? He's like, Oh, we need to do it as soon as possible. Or like, we should have already done it kind of thing. Yeah. So I assumed that he had, he had already been taken over for a few days, but they do a good job of like, not necessarily hiding the fact from the viewers that the character could be changed, but doing a good job of hiding it from the other characters in the movie. If that makes sense. So I, I hear you're saying, and like part of me agrees, but part of me also disagrees. Like I think there are a lot of characters who don't just have a lot of emotion up front, which is why I think we start off with our first person being changed is Jeffrey. Um, Elizabeth's boyfriend. Yeah. Because like we see him, like yeah, he's a he's a dentist, but like he's a sports guy, and listens to his music, and he's kind of like, kind of uh, like misogynistic a little bit, like kind of yeah. like a douchey boyfriend or whatever. And but when he changes, he's like drastically different, right? So yeah. we're, we're we're shown the extremity of how much a person can change. Um, I don't think that Leonard Nimoy's character, uh, Doctor Kibner. This is, I mean, in, we, we don't know. That's the best one of the reasons why I like this movie is because we don't know. Is yeah. like maybe his character was always like kind of like condescending and just like I know best. I know what's going on. You're just overreacting. It isn't that big of a deal because like we lose sight of him for a couple of days in the movie, you know. Yeah. And it easily he easily could have taken over then because it gets you when you're sleeping. So yeah. like you said, it was two days. So any of those two nights they could have replaced him. Yeah. But that's, to me, my biggest pro is that it's something very similar to the faculty did, right, which we reviewed already in this podcast, is, like, I like it when there's ambiguity when it comes to stories like this. Like, when you get a zombie movie, right, you know when someone's bit by a zombie or they're changing. Like, maybe you don't know, like, when they get bit, but you know as they change, and then obviously when they're fully undead, you know. And this is just so subtle, you know? And, like, we, when we come across Veronica Cartwright's character after um, Sutherland and Adams escape from Nimoy and Goldblum, like, we think that she's unaffected, but she was with Jeff Goldblum whenever, when he got separated or whatever, and when he got yeah. turned. Um, So that's part of the thing for me is, like, because at the end, like, obviously, we know she didn't get changed because she came up to not suddenly care to say, hey, like, what's going on? And that's when we find out the twist, right? But I don't know. It's the ambiguity when it comes to an invasion story, not having, like, the slugs that are riding people's backs like we had in um... Puppet Master. Puppet Master, thank you. Yeah. Not having this big gelatinous blob chasing you around, like, to me, this is what's super scary. It's why I'm really excited to finally watch The Thing. Because I know The Thing does this, but in a lot more grotesque manner. And they're able to kind of figure it out after time. 
Yeah. But I love this. I love like like because like we both don't know. The person who yeah. knows is a screenwriter, right, and the director. Yeah. Like we 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 don't know, and I find that terrifying. I I I'm not going to tell you like I I find that idea alone so scary. You don't know who you can trust, because for example, I'll tell you like you're a very calm dude. Like yeah. it takes a lot to rile you up. Yeah. So like if you were to get replaced by something, you know, like outside of like you having a very good sense of humor like it would kind of be hard oh just make sure it's like just check on it at like 10 o'clock at night right before it goes to bed if it's not eating like trash garbage food like a <laughs> like a fucking human monster then it's not me <laughs> but that's like but <laughs> but that's no, why I, I, really I know what you're like saying though this, yeah like <laughs> that's why i really like this plot it's yeah. just to me I think the fact that we are shown what a changed person looks like off rip. Yeah. But then there's all these other people around who you don't know. And I, I don't know. I, I really like the plot and I think it was very brave to have such a miserably bleak ending. Yeah, actually. So that, that was going to kind of be another pro of mine is that I, I, I like the bleak endings. I, I, obviously it's nice that we don't have them all the time, but every once in a while, I think they do a good job of like really setting home. Like, yeah, nobody's say like, this is just, it's sorry, humans it's over kind of thing. Like, yeah. I, and I think this movie does a good job of that. Whether I agree with the, 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 t- the twist being surprising or not. I mean, I don't, I don't think it is a very good twist personally. Um, right. Why not? Uh, just because kind of back to the emotion thing he is shown to have quite a bit of of emotion throughout the movie Donald Sutherland and when we get him like when he's going through the uh, the health office I'm sorry I'm mixing my words crazy but um, when he's going through the the health official office and he sees um, god I'm horrible with names Juliana no that's from Deathloop what is her name the main woman that he's like oh Brooke Adams is the actress's name okay so Brooke when he comes to Brooke there's like zero emotion in his face there's nothing and then he just kind of like walks away from the office like I, I just found it to be very unsurprising that he had been turned because after that light shines on him we don't see any emotion from him whatsoever wait you think that Sutherland's character was changed all the way back in the health office before they started running away and before she broke her ankle. No, 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 no. I, I um, after we, he is under the pier and the flashlight shines on him. So after she's screen... already dissolved in his arms. Yes. Okay. Um, he goes in. He like it's supposed to be like the next day or whatever. Yeah. He's outside. He's got zero motion. He's seeing these pods going back and forth. He's chosen nothing to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. He goes into the health office where he works and she's there again, working under a microscope. The one who dissolved and zero motion, nothing. Uh, and then he leaves. And then the whole thing at the end happens where he's screeching. I, I just, I, I, didn't I, find I, it I what you're saying now. Yeah. For me, but that part of the movie, my thought process for why he had no emotion is that he was just spent. Which is why I think the twist... I mean, again, I've seen this before, but it's, and this ending is so 
entrenched in horror and even memedom now. But yeah. uh, for me, I always thought it was just like he lost all his friends. The girl he loved died in his arms, like dissolved into nothing in his arms. Yeah. Like he burns down that plant only to find out that there's still more of them. And now they're getting the children. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Like to me, it's uh, like, don't get me wrong. It's a bleak ending and I like the ending. Yeah. I just didn't think it was surprising. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, cons that I have with the plot, um, I wish they didn't make Sutherland and Adam's characters like wannabe lovers. Yeah. Like she, like her boyfriend had just died <laughs> or got changed <laughs> or whatever, you yeah. know? And it seemed like they had like a history, but it, I, I don't know. I just feel like that wasn't necessary. And I felt like it at, like they can just be friends. Oh, like, man, it's the seventies. No, you can't just be friends. <laughs> I, I i know but like that was something to me that i, I wish i definitely wish had happened like because like, i think the story works with this two dudes yeah i mean yeah. in the faculty it's what ends up being it ends up being uh frodo baggins and josh hartnett yeah and i, I, I think that that's fine you know what i mean yeah. i think that's fine i think that works i don't think you need to have this almost like i, I don't know i I just felt like it was unnecessary and that oh, it was everything absolutely. that was happening, not only did the relationship kind of develop too fast, it was also like, what are we doing here? Like, there's bigger there's bigger things happening. Well, that's the thing is sometimes side plots like that are kind of shoved in to kind of try and give the characters more emotional impact when one of them dies. Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, it, it, obviously it was bleak when it happened, but it was like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, they literally had, like... I had no emotional connection to them being together. So Either did I, at all. It didn't affect me. Like, I did not, like, out, I, outside of uh, Sutherland being a good actor, Yeah, I did not find any chemistry between those two. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I feel like, do- son, like dad and daughter more than it did lovers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's really only kind of happening. I, I really love this movie. I love, like I said, I love this invasion plot. It's the reason why we did Puppet Masters. It's the reason why we're doing this one like i like this is the kind of alien story that i find best is the one where you can't tell your neighbors especially in the world we're in now where we can't trust something feels like we can't trust our neighbors uh, i'm a big fan do you have any other cons for yourself no not really all right i gave the plot an eight and a half i gave it a seven like i said i don't hate this movie i i do enjoy it it's just uh-huh. not for me it's just not amazing that's totally fine so cinematography. Okay, a couple of things that I think is important to note. Okay. Uh, the original film was shot black and white, and it had a film noir uh, feeling to it. Do like you want to say film noir? Like, do you like a talk Dick about? Tracy kind of. Perfect. I yeah. see. You know. You know yeah, your things. I know. I know. Okay, so they tried to do that in this film a lot by like using really odd co- odd camera angles because obviously it was shot in color, right? So they wanted to capture the film noir feel without having it. So, that's so all those very weird camera of... angles was because of that. Yeah, because uh, Michelle and I were just kind of like, oh, is this is he trying to be like super artsy? Like, what the hell is going on with this weird ass camera? Angle? Nope, it was it was it was uh, Kaufman's way of trying to recreate the film noir feel. Mm. That's also why we had a lot of shots of characters moving from light to dark. Okay. Because they wanted to film it in color, but because of that, 
they were trying to do other things to kind of recreate that feeling. Do you, since you know what film noir is, do you feel like they did a good job making it kind of like that, or do you feel like I, it came across artsy? I, I I think it definitely came across artsy. I, it, okay. That stuff didn't really work for me. I mean, it's literally the first thing I thought about every time it was one of those weird shots. I was like, oh, this is okay. I guess this is what's happening now. Like it didn't it didn't really get across to me. Okay, and I think that's something very important to kind of talk about right away, whether it works for you or not. For me. I'm cool with it, but I think I'm a lot more willing to enjoy the artsiness than I think you are, which is fine. Yeah, That's <laughs> yeah, yeah whatever. It's totally cool. So let's talk about what I think is the most important thing is the special effects. Okay. Are we talking about the dog first? Can we get the dog out of the way? Sure. Okay. I think the dog looked okay. It definitely looks better than uh, 90s CG, but not much. <laughs> I was happy the dog was practical effect over digital. I don't even know if yeah. they could have done digital then. It definitely looked odd, but I think the fact that it wasn't meant to happen, it was like a mistake hybrid, and it was an alien life form mixing two things together, I gave it some leniency because it definitely was disturbing to look at. Yeah, and I mean, they don't like spend too much time on it literally you mm-hmm. see like a glimpse of it for like half a second because i feel like even they knew like okay this isn't gonna look great but especially in comparison anyway. to the other special effects yeah which i hope you agree with me are oh, fantastic amazing yes like the the plant birthing pods pushing them out and the people being there and like kind of being like like neutral and like kind of changing and then when donald Sutherland kills himself or his clone self and like like the really dark black blood comes out yeah I just, oh, it was brutal. It was awesome. And then, like, the scene when the, in the mud house where, like, the dude, like, moves his eyes and the blood's coming out of his nose. And, like, the like, I thought it was, like, a spider web, but it's more like plant fibers, obviously. And, like, we see the characters, like, putting dust out. And the reason why they're doing the dust is because that's the original human being, like, going away. Yeah. Like, I, I think using plants as the vessel for recreating the humans was really really smart because i think it allowed them to kind of create obviously fake plants are a very popular business right so they can create some really realistic living looking plants and be able to do a lot of really creepy stuff with them and i think that that is was like probably my favorite part of the movie is how realistic all these practical effects were i mean i agree i I think it I mean, you kind of already nailed it on the head, like the the plant birthing scene and like him killing himself, and I her mean, dissolving in his arms. Yeah, it it was all like fantastic. Obviously, yes, the dog. Uh, but like, if I if I think about uh, her, her Horizon Zero, no, that's the game Horizon. Zero. It's a video game. <laughs> Event Horizon. Sure, um, sure, sure. I still think of like the fucking CGI wrench. I think it is that flies across the screen. That looks <laughs> yes. like garbage. Yes. And it looked better than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, and, they, obviously they knew, they knew it wasn't going to look, you know, like groundbreaking or anything. So that you only get half a second of it, but it kind of gets the point across of like, Oh, absolutely. this was a mistake. Yep. This was a plant mistake. Here it is. It's disgusting. Let's move away from it because I mean, obviously the characters are scared of it. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I I think honestly, all the practical effects. I I think practical effects again, as they always do, age incredibly well. 
mm-hmm. because it's nothing fake, right? It's not 90s CGI. And not only that, but like I think people are willing to kind of go with them too. Yes, exactly. Whereas yeah. if you, like I think like the like I the one thing I always remember about bad bad digital effects is Matrix Three. Oh yeah, we were talking about this. That's yeah. like super cool, but it's all fake. It's all well, digital. Well, it's kind of like the the Barley Brawl in uh, uh, Matrix Two, where all the Smiths are fighting Neo. It looks yes. really cool, but you can like instantly. And it takes tell. you out of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I will make a quick point. I do like the film noir treatment that they tried to do, like doing it in color, like when they're running down the streets and the long shots. Um, that is something I like. I feel like the editing was really good. There wasn't a lot of cuts. I feel like they used time passing really brilliantly, especially when we start realizing what the the body statues are doing. Yeah. Um, I think they do a really fun play with the camera with all of that. And we talked about it when I was doing the show, the movie background, but the opening scene just really sets the tone that like we're dealing with like a very foreign kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I think that like the slow kind of descent of them onto the plants that looks kind of like slimy. I, I don't know. I, I really think that cinematography is really good here. No, I, I agree. I think actually looking at it that it's my highest score. Okay. Uh, I, I gave it a nine. I gave it an eight and a half. Um, again, I just I think everything looks really good, especially when you get into practical effects that look this good. It's easy. I mean, it was easy to watch, and it's twenty twenty one. This movie came out forty something years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. All right, audio. Okay. This might be a tale of two things. I think. Okay. Let's talk about the sound design of the movie. Okay. I liked it. I knew even before I started researching the reason why the sounds of city life were turned up so high was intended to draw attention to it dying off. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it could have been done more subtly, but I mean, it's a big city. It's San Francisco. Like it's a big populous yeah. city. So it is loud. I've been there. I mean, I, like I, I know that it's like at times it can almost be deafening because of how much noise there is. Yeah. And I can only imagine when COVID first hit and they kind of shut things down, there was no one around that. That was probably like a reaction. It was the silence. I know like rivers and stuff got cleaner in the U S because there was less people out and stuff. So, <laughs> Um, to me, it worked, but I do recognize that it was screechy. Oh, very. I mean, I when I think of the sound design for this movie, I am going to think of the priest swinging on the swing. <laughs> and sitting here like, going, "What like, the hell what is the this? Fuck is going on?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's very that was brutal. I, I will. <laughs> totally admit that that was a bad choice that did not mean to be that loud because it was it was grating on the ears yeah and and i think that i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it right back to them i think sign sound design otherwise is is good it you know obviously yes it is very loud but it's honestly okay until you bring in these really loud screeching noises for them it was the answer unbearable and here it's (laughs) a fucking swing set like really ruins the first like five minutes for me yep um but i think otherwise it's good i i mean the invade invaded the aliens um i think they have that like really creepy i love that screech dude i love it they're like they they aren't able to to like comp like to say what they need to say or communicate like telepathically so it's just this like 
the screech, it's, it's like an and alarm. Then it builds that final moment, and I just yeah. oh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's basically an alarm, right? And I, yeah. I think they do a good job of making that sound feel and sound like an alarm. Like mm-hmm. there's a human. We all have to like converge and get it, basically. Yeah, oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Acting. I actually really like this acting. Um, yeah, I like that across the board. Yeah, I, I, I I literally think everyone involved in this did wonderful. I, I really do. I, I like, especially like Goldblum, who I'm a big fan of, I'll admit that, but like his character is defined as being like brash and almost irrational and like very passionate and yeah. loud. And then as soon, as soon as he walks in the room with Nimoy, we know. Like, yeah. Because it's just not, like, I, I love that. And going back to Nemo, like you were saying, right? We don't know if he was already changed when we first met him at the bookstore to that moment. Because he was always this kind of calm, calculating presence in the film. Yeah. And Veronica Carey's character was, when we first met her, she was kind of freaking out, right? Because of the body in her shop or whatever. But then, like, she got separated from her husband, didn't know his child. Maybe she was just kind of, like, subdued. Or maybe she was changed and trying to lead him to get trapped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I love the subtleties in the acting. And I honest, I honestly, I, I just, it, it separates a lot of movies from each other, I think. Because even, like, even if you, like, you didn't like the plot or the cinematography, the acting is just above and beyond here. I really think so, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree to a point. I mean, I don't think it's like the end all be all, but I do think that across the board we so have far this season great... I say it would be for aliens. Yes, for aliens. Yeah, I was like, oh, when? Yeah, okay. Yes, uh, for aliens. Yes, <laughs> uh, so far. Um, I, I think across the board, it's it's really good. Um, I mean, you got, I think they all just really do a good job of like giving their characters well character yep. and kind of seeing it through to the end. And I, I think they all do a good job of playing the inverse of that character as well. Totally agree. Except for and, the ending with Donald Sutherland. Yes. That's yeah. But anyway, so. uh, and then the theme song, although creepy and mystical is very forgettable. Oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I even when I was listening to it to kind of mix it in there, I was like, yeah. "Oh, this was okay, whatever, sure." I watched I it two good. days it's ago, just like, but nothing the right yeah, it's, about. You forget about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely not up there anywhere so, close to being up there. For cinematography, I gave it an eight and a half. You mean audio? Yeah, audio. I'm sorry, guys. It's been <laughs> it's been a that's okay. Week. I'm tired too. <laughs> um, I gave it a seven. How scary. First time I watched this movie, I talked about this a lot. Like, my grandpa would give me, like, the VHSs. The busting the dude's head open spooked me. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl, uh, Brooke, standing in the weeds after that she disappeared was creepy to me. But as a child, I found this movie to be boring as hell. Yeah. My second time watching it, I don't remember it that much. But watching it last night, or a couple nights ago this week, uh, it really hit me in a different way. Um, a lot of this alien stuff has, especially this invasion shit and a post-COVID reality. Of You make it sound like COVID's not around anymore. <laughs> well, no, just like we're in a world post 
COVID being here. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I thought like you meant before like, Christ and after Christ, like yeah, BC okay. and AC, whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, like we're in a world post this COVID reality. Yeah. And it, it makes me look at things a lot differently. Like not knowing who you can trust and like not knowing what's safe, not knowing what's causing anything, not knowing what choices to make. And like when they come out, like the the scene that for me is the most disturbing is they come across Franca Cara's character, and she's so subdued and she's so calm and she seems to like have a plan. She's like, if you act calm, they don't notice you because you're fitting in with them, and that's what how they communicate. But like, we know she was with Jeff Goldblum. We know Jeff Goldblum got changed. We killed him. Like we know, like we killed the clone. Like we know that yeah. he's gone. And like when she like when they when Brooke and Sutherland get um, caught by the, the the aliens, like she just kind of slinks off into the background, and so that's why the ending is so effective for me, is because one we never see Don something go to sleep, we never know that he he passed out, and if you put that same kind of logic of his character be on Veronica Cartwright's character, then it would make sense that he's just mentally destroyed he hasn't been sleeping that we know of he the love of his life disappeared his friends are all dead like he is beaten down and then just to have that screech at the very end and that his face and just like in the bleakness of it especially like now with cases just constantly rising and like so many people just acting irrationally i don't know man how scary hit me a lot differently than i kind of thought it would because it's a similar story to faculty granted faculty has a happy ending but like i don't know i don't know and it just makes me because like one of the questions i was reading about this that coffin asked himself is could this even happen in san francisco with so many people and so many personalities and so many what he called like the smart people of the world could this happen without people recognizing before it was too late the answer is yes yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah i can we've seen it (laughs) and it's i don't know it's it's something so how how scary for me would actually surprise me with how much it bothered me It, it, it this movie did bother me it made me feel incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly unnerved and the ending was just icing on the cake how about yourself oh wow uh yeah uh uh i didn't really find this movie to be that uh scary um it didn't really affect me uh, uh nearly the same way um alien is fucks with me dude i i think i've mentioned this before <laughs> but the, the whole idea of it really <laughs> i can tell <laughs> yeah aliens is something is a, is a category of horror that really kind of touches the animalistic part of my brain i guess the lizard part of my brain doesn't like oh, it this is gonna be an interesting season um <laughs> yeah honestly i mean i think there are kind of comparing to the last few things that we've watched i think there definitely are like bigger albeit more subtle scares than this like the 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 yard becoming basically basically a birthing unit for all four of these copies um the dog thing was weird and uncomfortable and i mean while i don't agree with how surprising the ending is I, I definitely agree that the look on Donald Sutherland's face and like the screech and everything it does definitely like 
unnerve me. Um, but honestly, other than that, I didn't, I didn't really find it that scary. Um, I definitely found it scarier than the blob, which was, <laughs> well, we all know. Um, but yeah, honestly, it just, it didn't really hit me that hard. That's so I, I would much rather have the conversation where you and I are differing than when we agree. It's fun to have the differing opinions. Oh, I feel like this is going to be a <laughs> yeah, big difference so in score. Yeah. I gave it a seven and a half for how scary. I give it a four. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I definitely felt like unnerved, but nothing really like stuck with me on like how. I think some of the zombie scary. girls are going to come after you. That's okay. They can. Okay. So plus, I gave it an eight and a half. You gave it a seven for cinematography. I gave it a nine. You gave it an eight and a half for audio. I gave it an eight and a half. You gave it a seven. And for how scary, I gave it a seven and a half, and you gave it a four. That gives it a here's Johnny final score of a seventy-five, which is very respectable in my opinion. I agree. It falls between two movies. Right above it is King Kong with a seventy-six, and right below it is the original Suspiria with also with a seventy-five. Oh goddamn Suspiria! I gotta watch that movie again. I haven't seen it for a while, I, and I bought it on Blu-ray for the podcast. I need to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to rewatch that. So that's our review of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, did you enjoy yourself more with this one than you did with the other ones so far? Hands down. Okay. Absolutely. I, I just feel like, so last week, spoilers, uh, we reviewed two things as well. Um, and the first one definitely, I think the second one did better because of how the second one did well because it's fucking amazing well and i think in contrast to what we i had to watch the, the night before it did a lot better whereas this was just this was the first movie i watched this week and it was enjoyable i had a good time watching this if i had to watch the blob and then this i think the scores would have been higher because i would have been enjoying myself a little more than i did with the blob which well i didn't i don't feel great about that movie um, sorry. I mean, I feel bad, but it's true. It's fine. Um, I was not as nice to it either, so it's all good. But yeah, I I definitely had a better time watching this movie. All right, perfect. So we're gonna play a commercial from another podcast of the Kaleidoscope Media Network, and we're gonna head on in to the closing. Ghosts, split souls, monsters, sociopathic villains cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. So Justin, I'm curious. I've, I think I'm kind of starting to come out of my shell and make it very clear that when it comes to horror, ghosts bug me, but nothing quite bugs me like aliens. Maybe we'll touch on, dive into that for an episode if we, if we need to fill something in. Is there any kind of like one of our subgenres that messes with your monkey brain? I mean, definitely, like, the... I would definitely say, like, ghosts. But we, I, I feel like we didn't really hit it hard because it was our first se- season. Yeah, I agree. And we just kind of 
We're learning. Yeah, each you other, hit it and podcasting left. everything. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think, uh, ghosts, maybe witchcraft, uh, maybe religion, because it could be like it. That's kind of like a mix of the two in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I I think ghosts is what freaks me out more. Um, when we get, when we complete our first run through, I'm actually really excited to go back to ghosts and rehit. Oh, it. when we get to ghosts, we are going to hit it hard. So next week we are breaking our film review lineup and we're reviewing a game. Justin already mentioned it. He started it. My plan is to start it tomorrow after work. Yes. And that is Dead Space 2. Um, first time for me. I think you played it probably several times. I know it's kind of a oh, man, iconic I've, I've game. I've played it a few times, yes. <laughs> um, I'm very, very excited about that. Um, so that's all I have for this week. Justin, any last thoughts? Um. Yeah, I just remembered that... Uh... The Maiden of Blackwater, not Maiden of Blackwater. What the fuck? That Fatal Frame remake comes out at the end of October, so we'll have to figure something out for that. Okay, but, uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it. Yeah, all that's guys. all I got though. Until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Bye.